Welcome to Bible Studies for Life for Adults. This is our inaugural podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor, and joining me is Chris Johnson. Uh, Chris and I have the opportunity, the privilege, really, to work on Bible Studies for Life for Adults. So uh, we're glad you joined us for this podcast. Let me tell you what we're going to be doing with this. We're really designing this podcast for anybody who's using Bible Studies for Life, whether it's the leader of the group or just someone who's a part of the, who sits in the group uh, week in and week out. Uh, everyone's welcome to participate in the podcast with us. So we're just what we're going to do is we're going to give an overview of the study. We're not going to go deep into it, but just as you're driving or whatever you're doing right now, you just exercising. Right. You could just have a chance to get a feel for where the study's going. But I still encourage you to pick up a personal study guide and read this rich content that's here. Now, if you are a leader of a group, just hang on because at the end, we're just going to add a couple extra minutes on the end just specifically for the leaders uh, to kind of give you a teaching tip and to walk you through some things. So, uh, Chris, that's our plan, correct? Great. Yes. Thanks, Lynn. Good to be here with you and looking forward to this podcast. And one of the things that we have agreed to do is always have a guest with us, and I think you're going to introduce our guest yes, right now. Yes, we have uh, Ken Braddy with us. Uh, Ken, uh, appreciate you being in the studio with us today. Lynn, happy to be here. Chris, good to see you, and uh, good to be here for this first inaugural episode. Yeah, well, Ken, uh, Ken let's just uh, kind of give you a little ba- give our folks a little background. Ken is our manager, or, or to say it another way, Chris and I, he's our boss. He is. <laughs> and uh, Ken, you've been in this position about... Ten years, am I correct? That's correct. Uh, March first will be ten years. Okay, and you also serve as what we call, you know, the Sunday School Director for Lifeway Christian Resources. Um, Ken is what I think of as Mr. Sunday School. He has a passion and a heart for leading and and equipping leaders of Sunday School classes and small groups, any kind of Bible study group. And something unique that's going to happen this coming Sunday, as I said, Chris is my, uh, excuse me, Ken is my manager. But on Sunday, starting this uh, Sunday, I'm going to be the interim pastor at his church. And you get to be my manager now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So that will be fun. So uh, anyway, Ken, we're glad that you're here with us. I appreciate the opportunity, guys. So the first study that we're looking at together is titled Holy Vocabulary, Unpacking the Language of Our Faith. And what we have discovered and what Uh, we are trying to do with this study is to uh, have six sessions where we talk specifically about uh, biblical words that are a part of church life, but oftentimes people who aren't Christians or nominal Christians or folks who just show up on Sundays occasionally uh, may hear these words or phrases and not understand or appreciate the depth and the intricacy of these words and their meaning for us um, in the Christian life. Uh, Michael Kelly wrote a book not too long ago uh, called Holy Vocabulary, Rescuing the Language of Faith, and that was uh, kind of a springboard for us to get to to develop this Bible study series. Right, and it is amazing how people, we very common words we think in the church, but even sometimes among church members, we get kind of give them a little different nuance or different meaning. And a good example is going to be our first word, which is the first session is we're going to look at the word holy. So here's, here's where we're driving this Bible study this week as we talk about the word holy. We're going to focus on this, that God is distinct from and above absolutely everything else. God is distinct above absolutely everything else. So to do that, we are going to be in Isaiah chapter 40. So the first part of the passage that we're looking at really is a great lead into that, where God says, to whom will you compare me or who is my equal? So God out of the gate says, uh, I am 
essentially holy. I am above everything else. I am, I am the creator who compares to me. It's interesting, too, where he tells you uh, not only you know, he asked that rhetorical question, but then he also supplies the answer, sure. making sure that we understand where do we go to make sure and to find out uh, that he has no equal. And here in these early verses, uh, in verse 26, he just says, look up, look up and see. And he references the night sky, references the stars, the fact that he has made them, he's numbered them. Uh, knows their name, he calls them by name. And, and I love the way that this first section in verse 26 wraps up where he says, not one of them is missing. So not only is God a uh, creator and holy and distinct because of that, but he also sustains what he makes. And that's, that's, not, uh, that's not an easy thing to do, right? And so uh, Created it, put it in place. And make sure that it's still operating the way he wants it to. So there, absolutely. And it answers the question, you know, just looking up at the night sky, we ought to be able to understand that he has no equal. Who in the world could, could possibly pull that off? And Ken, there is a great question in our personal study guides for the for us to ponder, but also to discuss as a group. And it's the idea of what, in what settings do you find yourself in awe of God? Mm. Or, or, or somebody say something like, when have you just found yourself in the sense of you're overwhelmed by the awe of God? What has seen it? And so we think about creation, looking up at the, at the stars. Just, oh, it's the beach for me. It's Grand Canyon. The first time <laughs> I saw the Grand Canyon, it's just like, Wow. And you just you're compelled to, to see for me you're compelled to see God, yeah, yeah. and I think that's what God is saying. Hey, there's no one like me because look around you. So the next portion of portion of Scripture gets at something that we sometimes feel, uh, where God says sometimes the the word says sometimes we feel like our way is hidden from God, or that we've been ignored by God, and God's response to that kind of thought or that kind of uh, perception or struggle in, in the believer's life uh, is to make this declaration. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He has no limit. There's no limit to his understanding. So in a very powerful way, God makes clear that he, the, the creator, is the everlasting God. I think this section right here uh, is extremely important to the study. Because I have a feeling that there are going to be people sitting in our groups uh, on Sunday, and, uh, and, and some of them are going to come in, and they may not be asking the question of the group leader, but they're going to have this thought in the back of their head. Uh, they've had a bad week. Maybe they've had a bad month or a bad season of life. And they wonder, you know, does God, is he aware? Does he care uh, that I've lost my job, or does he care that my my parent uh, is in hospice or those kinds of things. And, it, and God can feel distant sometimes. And it causes people to wonder, you know, has this, hey, if he is such a big, you know, creator and so holy, uh, well, where is he? Well, the truth is he hasn't moved. He's still there. And, uh, and so he answers, you know, this question uh, too uh, in this section of, this, of the scripture uh, that, that we're not hidden from the Lord, that he knows each of us, just like he knows and numbers the stars. We're more precious to him than those. And it is extremely clear that, uh, that he is, he's not moved anywhere and he is intimately aware of each of our circumstances. And he, and he doesn't take a break from that because the, the latter part of verse 28 or the first part of verse 20, he says, you know, he never becomes uh, faint or weary. Yeah. He doesn't take a break. He is always watching out for us. Yeah. 
Well, I have a I have a a, a cautionary note here uh, for for this particular study. This is our our personal study guide that we're looking at, and there is an um, there's an awesome question that uh, the group leaders may use. And it's question three in the adult study guide. And it just says, when have you felt that God was unaware or uninvolved in your circumstance? And for the group leader, I would say be careful you know, with this question when you ask it. Because if people are really honest, you may have some, some pretty raw emotions in class. Sure. And, and you may have to, to be prepared to do some ministry uh, if someone gets emotional. Uh, I could see tears being shed. I can see frustrations coming out. So I think this question could generate uh, not just uh, responses, but also some emotions as people feel, uh, remember the times that they feel disconnected uh, from God. A lot of that will depend upon your group, how long they've been together, how free they are to share their feelings or or emotions. And uh, if someone has that level of comfort, it says a lot about your group uh, or what's going on uh, in your church. So... Uh, be sure to be aware of the uh, how God's Spirit works through the teaching of His Word and be responsive to those needs that, that come up. Uh, it's interesting, the, probably the most famous part of Isaiah 40 is, is this last section uh, where it says, He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. Uh, good word, words that are so true, words that are familiar, but sometimes it's in those familiar words that God jumps. Uh, the reality of, of the truth of God's word uh, can, can really hit people in a group setting like the one just that you'll be in this week. Absolutely. Go ahead, Lynn. I, well, I think one thing that jumps out at me is this: is God speaking here that he sustains us. But it's built on that word trust. As it says there, uh, it, but those who trust in the Lord. And that's a key, that's a key word to trust. I like how uh, the author of our books described it. says, trust, it captures the idea of a sure confidence. A sure confidence that what God says will happen. So in spite of my circumstances, like in that last, last section when I may feel a little distant from God or that he is not involved and cares about me, the real trick is to, in spite of those circumstances, to lean on the truth of his word and say, you know what, it doesn't feel like he's with me, but I'm going to trust and believe his word that says he never leaves me, he never forsakes, and he is there with me. He sustains me just like he sustains his creation. Right. So in that middle section, as we were talking earlier, where does God hear me? And, and he says, you know, I, I am, he says he's never becomes faint. He never becomes weary. And then you get to this part is those who trust in the Lord. He, in a sense, he's saying they'll never become faint. They will never become weary. Uh, God will take care of us. Right. So the lesson writer uh, for the personal study guide is Jordan Easley. And Jordan tells a story in the personal study guide about a time in his life, he said, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I felt like I could conquer the world. I was strong. I was, was <laughs> yeah. kind of like Bob Seger, like a rock. Um, <laughs> then he goes on vacation and, and they're uh, mountain climbing and his 13-year-old daughter's just running up the mountain with no problem. He's huffing and puffing and realizes that he needs strength. <laughs> That's right. That's great. All right. So this is really, I, I think, a strong study. 
to understand the holiness of God, you're, we, we see three things in this passage we're looking at. And it's this idea that God is without equal as our creator. That's kind of what we were talking about earlier. He's without equal as our creator. He's also without equal in his knowledge. And in this last section, we see in God is without equal as our sustainer, our creator, the one who knows all and the one who sustains us. That describes the holiness of God. Now, I'm just giving you kind of a, a tip of what's coming down the road. In a few weeks, one of the words we're going to talk about is the word sanctified. Now, we're going to kind of build off this because as uh, in your group, you're going to be talking about the holiness of God. But we are going to talk about in a few weeks how that holiness is to be a part of our life. So just kind of keep that thought in the back of your mind. We are going to circle back to this. Thanks for being with us today on this first podcast for uh, Bible Studies for Life Adult. Again, if you're a leader of a group or if you facilitate the conversation in your, in your class, uh, we want you to stick with us for a minute so that we can share with you a, a 60 second uh, tip to maybe help you in your in your training. And Lynn's going to tell a little tell us a little bit about sure. a new book out by Ken. Right. So before we get to Ken, we're going to ask you to share a tip with us. Uh, you also had a book that's come out called Breathing Life into Sunday School. Now, what I value about this book is knowing your heart and your experience with starting groups, leading groups, uh, training leaders. Uh, so just give us a real quick just summation what the book is about. It's about uh, 150 pages. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, walked right into uh, You did. So uh, it's, it's, it's 12 chapters. Uh, they're fairly short. It's, I designed it for a quick read uh, so that you don't have to feel like you've got to you know, read it for a month. It's something you could read in a couple of evenings. And uh, the 12 chapters, uh, six of the chapters are things that group leaders themselves can do to help breathe life into their, their church, their Sunday school. The other six chapters are about what uh, staff and, and leaders, Sunday school directors, they can do from their vantage point as leaders to help breathe life into Sunday school. And when you read it all together, uh, you, you realize that uh, it really takes a, a lot of people to make Sunday school work. So uh, when you find it firing on all cylinders, teachers are doing what they should be doing, our leaders, our pastors are doing what they should be doing, Sunday school really, um, it, it can become a very successful ministry and very effective ministry for reaching people, for uh, involving them in group life, giving them ministries, uh, ministry mm. opportunities, fellowship opportunities. And so um, I, I would encourage you to, if you don't have a copy of it, to pick it up. It's a quick read. And uh, sometimes uh, I've known of numerous churches that have bought one for every teacher and they're reading it together, you know, as a teaching yeah, I'm just thinking, I see the value that I could read this. I, well, I have read it on my own, but then to get with a other group of teachers and kind of learn from each other through that. So. Yeah, and each chapter's got a couple of, well, a couple's got four uh, thought, you know, provoking questions at the mm-hmm. end of it to, to help you apply what you've just read. Because I, I don't like reading books that, you know, you read it and you think, well, now what do I do with this? And so there's some questions there designed to, to make it applicable. It is, a, it is a good book. It's worth your reading. And don't wait for the movie. Go get the book. So Ken, share, share a teaching tip with us. I will. So as I looked at this, uh, this Bible study, uh, I like what Jordan said uh, in one of the opening uh, sections here in the, the Isaiah 40, verses 25 and 26, that opening two verses. And he has this, uh, this thought in the adult study guide uh, that he, he introduced about Plato and how when his kids were young, they loved to play with Play-Doh, and, and they could make amazing things, and then they would get him involved, and, you know, he'd make a snake or something. He couldn't really make much, and, you know, he was, he was amazed at how good they could create things. And I thought, you know, um, uh, places like Walmart and uh, Target and other stores, these big box stores, uh, they sell 
these little mini cans of Play-Doh, mm-hmm. and you get like a dozen of them for, you know, 10 bucks or something. And I could very easily see in my group uh, having a can of the Play-Doh on everybody's chair, you know, one per chair, and uh, some instructions on the board. You know, when they come in, you know, hey, take that can, open it up, make something, you know, create something, and, and you'll be sharing that later with uh, your, your group members. And, uh, and that would give them an opportunity to create it would also tie directly to something that Jordan has said here in the study. It's a hands-on activity for those kinesthetic learners that like to do something, you know, physical. And, uh, and then it, it helps emphasize the point in this first section about God being a creator. And so I think that would be an interesting tie. Now, a lot of adult groups may say, well, wait a minute, Play-Dohs, that's for the kids area, you know. But uh, I, your, adult, your adult group members will have fun with this. And when it's over, just take the Play-Doh down to the kids area, the you know, children's ministry, donate it down there. They'll love you for that. <laughs> but, Ken, do not bring it into the service while I am preaching. <laughs> I promise not to bring it to that, uh, to that front pew and, and make stuff while you're trying to preach the word of God to us. I can just imagine the smell of Play-Doh in the sanctuary <laughs> on Sunday morning. Listen, thank you for being with us for this episode of Bible Studies for Life, Adult. And uh, we pray that God will richly bless you as you read and study his word this week. 